Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass Or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Okay, guys, it's been a while since I've done um, a podcast without Danny on. Um, Sorry, y'all, I've been super busy, but my head is out of the computer. Well, I'm back on the computer. Anyways, and... Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. So today is super fun. Um, I realized that I haven't done any client updates in a while. And so who I have here is Miss Allie, that I am pumped to have her share her story, her HA journey from 
HA to is this HA to like, and I remember her, like our consultation call, right? Just even to that, just to signing up to getting your cycle back to getting pregnant, you know, just all the things like, okay, I'm gonna hand it over to you. <laughs> yes. Start us off with looking back 2020 now, right? 2020 vision. When did your HA habits start? Oh my gosh. Um, well, the habits, I feel like maybe like college in which I'm 31. So this was like a long time ago. Um, I guess to like say it, I've, I was on birth control, like the IUD since, you know, I was like 18. So I don't know when I really <laughs> would have lost my period. If I had to guess, I would probably say like 20, between 2015 and 2016 probably would have been when I would have. Um, I think, you know, I guess I can go back like in high school, I grew up playing sports, I played volleyball. And then like, once I went to college, it was kind of like, they stopped exercising, you lived in the dorms with unlimited food and just kind of like, ate whatever you wanted, you know, and so definitely like, gained weight then. Um, uh -huh. I remember in my junior year of college, my friends and I signed up to go on spring break to um, South Padre Island and we signed up for at our like rec center there was this like workout kind of competition that you could do and if you signed up with a group of four and you competed with other groups of four that also signed up and this could be wrong but I, I was trying to remember this I feel like I remember like you had to pay for it but if you won you got reimbursed for it which like in college was great, right? Like nobody has money, but to yeah. win, I think it was like cumulatively, like whoever, all the four people, whoever lost the most weight, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So like right there was kind of like, a, uh, -huh. you know, like I just remember my girlfriends and I like just like doing everything we can, like you had to go and meet like twice a week at the gym and we would go to the gym on our own all the time. And we would kind of like keep each other accountable for like trying to lose as much weight as we could. Um, and so, so it I was did, really like incentivized first right. off like monetarily, but then like this community aspect, which I don't think that we realize is so much more powerful because like when I get on discovery calls with clients, they're like, I don't want to stop my workout because I love my community. I love yeah. my people at the gym. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, um, but I just think it's more powerful than like we think. I think for like me in this instance, it wasn't as much the community of like going to the gym because they were my friends before we even worked out together. It was more just how like then all of these bad, like weird habits got normalized. Like we would just like oh, normalize yes. not eating breakfast, normalize yeah. like, you know, oh, we're going out because, you know, we were like 21, like, oh, we're going <laughs> to the bars tonight. Like we're not going to eat dinner because alcohol has like calories. And so like we would just like normalize all of these like super bad habits almost um and I feel like those kind of just like stock <laughs> yeah um, yeah no but you're so right like um you kind of lose this like is this normal whenever you're yeah. around other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing which mm -hmm. is trying to lose weight which is I don't know almost every woman's circle group well, I mean, that's like everybody in society, right? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. you know, is told that they need to wait. And I feel like that kind of like 
almost brings me to like the next step in my story. So like I did that my junior and senior year through college. And then um, after college, I just like, I was like, oh, like it kind of like introduced me to working out again, like on my own, not in sports. So I Mm -hmm. kind of like continued going to the gym on my own. And then I would just kind of like do things that felt comfortable for me until it was really like social media on Instagram. I feel like, like I took to following these like bodybuilders. Uh, and, you know they okay. would post you know it was like back when you would they would post their their workouts in like a in like a post and you could swipe through them and then you'd be like oh this is what I should be doing but then like that's helpful sure but then you're following them and you're watching what they eat every day and you're getting ready for bodybuilding competitions and they're eating nothing yeah and it's like but then when when when, when you're surrounding yourself and you're watching that all of the time it's like oh, it's almost in your, in my mind, when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, that's what I should be doing. This is normal, you know? And I don't know what these people are, you know, they're, of course, it's social media, they're posting the good things that they eat, right? I don't know what they're like. I don't know what their story's like, but it like just got so ingrained in my head and I like engulfed myself in it so much that I thought that this was all normal. And I feel like that is kind of when, for me, like things just like starting getting out of hand without me even like knowing. You know, that's so true because I don't think that you could have told me in the midst of my HA insanity that anything I was doing wasn't normal or like quote unquote disciplined. You know what I mean? Right. Because like when you exactly, like I said, like the, like, like just like the things that I would, I would like eat. I'm like, oh, I, I found this on social media. Somebody ate this like protein smoothie that fakes you for ice cream. Like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, like this is normal, which is not normal at all. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. So, so true. Okay. So when did you actually lose your cycle or when did you like realize that, Hey, this is like a problem. It's like, I need this back. Excuse me. (laughs) Well, I don't, I didn't really come to think like I need this back probably until like a year ago, but, um, in like, like, you know, I graduated college in 2014. So like from 2014 to like 2017, I just kind of like started progressively working out more. And then when I got to 2017, it was like, I remember it was before my friends and I were going to Mexico and like, I just remember telling myself like, I'm going to like, I'm going to like not drink until we go to Mexico, because that was one thing that like, I did on the weekends because it was just like that age that I was at like my friends and I would like go out and drink and then like subsequently like eat a bunch of food and I think that was probably like kind of the only time that I was eating a lot um but then I was like I'm gonna stop drinking like this is bad for me well then instead of drinking I was like just working out more and like Mm. eating less and so I was like I went to this trip in Mexico and I can't even like look at pictures of myself I was literally almost 100 pounds less than I weigh right now like twig and I'm I'm very tall I'm six feet tall so like it was just like nothingness so could you but people and, yeah and so think about like and at that time you're like I need to cut more it was more like I thought that I looked so strong like I was like I have muscle which like there was some there but it was like huh. so sad because obviously I wasn't eating enough I wasn't like didn't have a lot of muscle but like you know my my some of my friends would be like oh Allie you're so skinny how do you do it you know things like that 
Um, but then like I remember my mom like voicing concerns for it and stuff, like justifiably, like, you know, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, and that one, I'm of course I kind of slugged it off. I'm like, whatever, I'm like so strong. Look at these bicep veins. Like, what does she know? Mom, you know, you know nothing. <laughs> right. Um, you know nothing. Oh my gosh. I would just die if Nuggy like thought that. I mean, I'm like, look here, bro. I know, right? Oh, oh, bless our moms, y'all. Okay, okay. So, like, your mom tried to warn you, and you were like, absolutely not. Stop being dramatic. There's nothing right. But then I think, I think I just kind of realized, like, wow, I'm like really small. So then I started what I thought was eating more to like gain more muscle, right? In which I did. I like gained a significant amount of weight slowly throughout the years but it just like wasn't enough and I just kept slowly increasing my exercise even more like and then when COVID hit when COVID hit it was like I didn't do anything social so what else did I have to do and I would literally there was like a time where I'm not even kidding I went to the gym like every day and worked out for like almost two hours and I would remember going sometimes and being like why can't I do anything (laughs) like I can't lift anything like like, like, why oh yeah you know, I also had a time period where my strength, like, like I had hit a window and great. It took me five years to hit a window. Right. So if I was listening to this and you yeah. want to be like, she's so weak sauce. <laughs> Y'all I, I was crazy, <laughs> but, but I did get to this point where like my numbers of what I could lift was just dwindling and dwindling. And I kept excusing it and justifying it by being like, well, like my weight to weight lifted ratio is like still good. Yeah, exactly. You know, I and was I like losing so much progress. And I was just yes. like, this is just my genetic potential. And I like justified it because technically I like was slowly gaining weight, but to go from what I was at, which was like nothing to like maybe a little bit more, like it just still wasn't enough. Um, but then that's kind of where it came to this is probably now like what three years ago it kind of came to that point where it was I'm starting to realize like I don't feel good I'm not lifting well like I'm tired all the time what's going on and that's where I was like okay so I don't want to say social media got me into this but like you know following a lot of these people was really kind of got me to almost be like obsessive about things but it also helped me to learn about like just things that aren't normal because you know once you start to, you know the algorithm once you start to look at things where it's like fitness influencers are like hey just so you know if you have these symptoms it's probably not good and I'm like oh really and I read something I'm like that's kind of me and they're <laughs> like well whatever and of course justify myself I'm like yeah but I just xyz or something but I just kind of kept feeling worse and worse and I was just in my mind I'm like something I don't think is right but in the same vein I just couldn't get myself to do anything about it. Like if I, I, even like a year ago, two years ago, like if I, for some reason, like wasn't able to go work out, like it would give me such anxiety, like the worst. And like, I feel so guilty for like all the things I would do, like, you know, leaving events with my friends early because I wanted to go work out the next morning or like all of just these horrible things. And I was just kind of recognizing that these things weren't normal. And what really set me off was about, it was about a year ago. I was listening to this podcast. Of course, it was some like fitness coach, but she was just telling me her story about when she wanted to get pregnant. And I was like, okay, like my husband and I just got married. Like, I know we're probably going to want kids soon. Um, 
I kind of want to hear her story. I, I don't know, something in my mind told me like, you should listen to this, it's kind of weird. But she was just talking about, about how all she had all these symptoms similar to me. And once she got off birth control, she didn't get her period and she had to make all these lifestyle changes. And she was like, it took me like a year after I made these life changes to get pregnant. So like, if you think something is wrong, start now. And that's that for some reason, just like stuck in my head. And I was like, I got to get off my birth control and see what happens. Uh-huh. And so I did. It was about a year. Well, it was last September that I got off my birth control and yeah, three months went by and nothing. And I was like, I, I just, for some reason, I knew that was going to happen. And I am so thankful for myself that I had that gut feeling because if I would have just kept pushing it off and waiting and waiting to get off birth control until like right when I wanted to get pregnant, like I would have had to wait even longer. Right. But, you know, after I got off birth control and nothing kept happening, I was like, I just like knew I was like, something's wrong. And during all this time, I also started just kind of researching, like, why would I not get a period? And that's when I found the information about hypophilomic amorrhea. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's one of those, like, you just read about it and you're like, that's me. Like, how can that not be me? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all of it checks out. Like, it's crazy. It's so interesting. I feel like HA is one of those things where it's like, you don't even ha- like, not saying that you don't need to like, look at labs. Yes labs are important that's why we do it that's why I do it on every discovery call but it's one of those things where like you hear the symptoms and you hear the habits and you're like oh my gosh it's me yes so oh my god yes and like so what I did was I got like the I found like the no period now what book and I started Uh reading it but like I'm just uh, at the time I said I wasn't a big reader well that's because I just was so you know go 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 all the time that I'm like I don't have time to read like I yeah. can't sit down and relax so yeah. I would always that's because I can't sit still <laughs> so I would always listen to podcasts so I was on my podcast and I yeah like, because we're I, walking because exactly. we're like anxiously walking somewhere <laughs> yes keep going and so I searched on my podcast hypophilic and real because I wanted to hear more podcasts about it so I didn't have to sit down and read and so that's how I found you guys and just listening, especially like these stories right here, listening to people's stories and they're just one-off things that they would do that I would do. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is me. And I was like, all right. Because I had like, you know, I got my birth control. I was waiting for my period. I'm like, if my period doesn't come within like three months, like I'm going to the doctor and I had a feeling I knew what they were going to say, but I'm going to go to the doctor just to be sure. And if they say, like, we don't know why, like, I'm doing this. Like, I got, I need to figure this out. So mm-hmm. in January of 2023, I went to my doctor. And I was like, hey, I got my IUD out three, four months ago. Um, I still haven't gotten a period. And she's like, interesting. And I told her, I remember telling her, I have a huge history. Like, I used to be much more underweight. Like, I used to weigh, like, 40, 50 pounds less than I do right now. Um exercise a lot like at this time I was still exercising but I was to uh, to my fault like I, I I tried to tell my OB about it but I thought that I was like doing so much better you know <laughs> like on my own because <laughs> I was like I was I have history of being like over exercising and not eating enough and like I think that that's why and she's like well you gain the weight so you she's like you gain weight back so that shouldn't be the issue and then she was like do you still have issues with food like restricting your food and to my fault, I said, well, it's gotten a lot better. I don't remember if I said no, 
Um, I could have put more credit. <laughs> like, I don't know if I lied, but I just said an, right. another also true version of what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> like, it had gotten better. That's not a lie. But was it good <laughs> in hindsight? Now I know. No, right? Right. You don't know right. when you're doing it. Um, but I, anyways, I told her all that, and she's like. She just kind of like told me like that doesn't, that doesn't really make sense since you gained weight. And I think to me also, it's like, I don't know if it's because I'm so tall, but like when people look at my weight, they're like, that's a lot. Yeah. But when you're six feet tall, that's, it's not a lot. <laughs> so, you know, what's really interesting you know? is that my, um, I way back in the day, and this is no fault to him. Like I hired him to get shredded and to lose weight. So but it's not bashing on him. Like you know what I mean? Like, that's what I hired him for. And he was always just kind yeah. of amazed at my weight and my height because I'm actually sh- short. Like, I'm like 5'3". And, and when I started working with him, I was like 145 pounds. And I still didn't have a period. So I... And he just would... And not like in a rude way. Like, he, like when I had a great working relationship, like, it was, you know, like, you know, like we were almost like colleagues, whatever. Anyways... And he just kind of like slightly mentioned that I weighed more than most women, right? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like I hold a lot more muscle. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've like, meaning that like I lost my cycle at like 135, 145. And I bet you I would teeter at 155, 100%. Like that Mm -hmm. is just how I sit. And so- Every single time a doctor saw my weight, there was like, there's no way. There's no way you have HA. Not a possibility. Yeah. And I sometimes like, I like, you know, when when you, when I hear about it, I was like, this is me. But in the same vein, I was like, that doesn't make sense because I've like gained a lot of weight. Like mm-hmm. I, um, like my BMI is normal. Like, why is this? Uh-huh. Like, you know, my, my friends tell me, wow. Like this, you know, this was even right, right when we started, my friends would be like, Allie used to be so skinny and now you like look uh-huh. healthy and you look better. And I'm like, okay, if people are telling me I look healthy and my BMI is normal. Like, why is this still an issue kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. But in the same vein, like people didn't know like my headspace around it, like in my just thoughts about exercise and anxiety about it and anxiety about food and even making sure I eat enough protein and all these little things, you know, um, so anyways yeah so what were we saying I was at my OB and she just said I'm not really sure why she yeah, ordered labs for anyway. me. yeah right yep yep so she's like we'll get some labs and see what they look like um and then come back in a week and we'll review them and I was like okay so she did um I don't I know that they measured like my testosterone estrogen progesterone I don't remember what else TSH or something um <laughs> I remember though, you know, of course she's like, oh, well, they're all within normal. And I remember looking at my estrogen and it was like three. Like I remember it was lower than what the average male's estrogen should be. And I was like, how can you tell me this is normal? Oh my gosh. Let me try to pull up your email right now and see like, and see if I can pull up like your uh, file real quick. But go ahead, keep going. That's what I remember. I'm like, this, I'm like, this is lower than what like a postmenopausal woman should be according to this chart. And you're just telling me like, maybe you're at a weird place in your cycle where your estrogen is low. I'm like, this just doesn't like make any sense. Like, so no, when I went back, says, no, stop. 
Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, I have yours right now, and and it's sixteen, and it's oh, that's okay, not, that's not normal. That's so low. I mean, no, like I said, from the reference ranges, it was like I said, still lower than like what yeah. the average male should be, like post, and I'm I'm just like this is crazy. And so you know, like during mm-hmm. that week, I kept doing research on my own because this was just like another solidification. Like, wow, this really does sound like HA. So yeah. I went back to review the labs with her and I'm like, listen, I still just like think that this is what it is. Like, I think it's just my exercise habits and my food habits and stuff. And she was like, just kind of like dismissed it again. She's like, well, we should get an ultrasound of your pelvis to see if you have any cysts on your ovaries for like PCOS or whatever. And I was like, fine, like, sure, we can, whatever. Like, well, let's, yeah. I mean, you never know, whatever. So we did it. And of course that was, normal as well and she's like well I don't really so I finally went back to review and she goes I don't really know what's going on um if you want to do oh the last thing she tried to have me do was a um the Provera challenge and then she recommended and then she said I should do a brain MRI and that's where I'm like I'm done with this (laughs) I'm not doing that and I totally did do the brain MRI. I'm like you're right there's nothing wrong with my brain anything other than gaining weight you're right you're so right let's scan it scan it today yeah and so that's where I was like because yeah she recommended those things and she's like and um you know if those are normal which I'm sure that you know that MRI would have been she's like um you know we'll put you on birth control and come back when you want to get pregnant and we'll do fertility treatment and thankfully since I had done of my of my own research I just I had a feeling that's what she was going to say and I was like all right well that's not what I want to do kind of thing so I just kind of laughed I said thank you and I left and then I remember like the next day I had like my um application to like do a console call with you guys on my computer at work and I had everything in it and I but I just hadn't pressed submit because I was just like too scared to do it and that just like sat on my desktop for like a few days because I was like I don't know if I can do this like am I mentally ready and I was like half of me was like I know I need to but half of me was like I don't want to which of course like you don't want to I didn't want to gain weight and stop exercising right yeah but I don't remember why, but there was just finally one time I walked back to my computer and I just sat down and I just clicked submit. I was like, whatever, what can happen? You know, what's the worst that can happen? And from, it just kind of went from there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And that was, so I love that you kind of brought us up to that point too, because I remember um, looking at your labs and being like, this is definitely H.A., and as a practitioner, just to be super transparent, it's like always like, you're always like, man, I don't want to get like the, the like unicorn, which we haven't ever had a unicorn. Yeah. We do have some more complicated cases that there's definitely something else at play, but you're not the HA unicorn. Like there's something else at play. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And so you were like, no, look, I've gained X amount of weight. And I remember it being like a normal significant amount of weight. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but it was like one of those things where I had to kept trusting, like, no, this is what your labs are saying. This is what your chart is saying and Mm kind of keep going. And so you like, were like, okay, I'm doing this. So with coaching, what do you feel like is like the most unexpected, like breakthrough or the unexpected thing that you learned that you're like, yeah, that was like a blind spot. And I didn't realize it. Because AKA guys, she recovered, like she got her cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I wish I could give a more specific answer, but it was just all of it. I think I just, I knew that I was not, it was, I think it was being, having somebody hold yourself accountable. Like I would not do it alone. Like I could barely even send that submit button on my own. <laughs> like I was not going to do this on my own. And I like knew what had to be done, but I just knew if I didn't have somebody hold, hold me accountable that like, I wasn't going to do it. And like, I'm like, okay, I am investing each money each month. So mm-hmm. like, the faster I do this, the faster yeah. I can stop paying for this each month. And like, I'm like, I just need to like get this done. And like the, and like, you know, like I said, when I originally I signed up, I thought in my mind, like my, what I was eating was like normal or like enough for me, you know? Yeah. Cause it was a lot, but at the same time, like the job I was working at, I was walking around all day, running around um like and, I'm, and people just don't take that serious they're like well I'm not yeah. like a nurse I'm uh something like this I'm like so someone who also walks a lot <laughs> yeah and like that was also like a really stressful job for me and then like yes. on top of like well I'm only going for walks and I would like you know walk like five miles a day and like I'm also like I said six feet tall and so like you know 2400 calories 2500 calories is not enough for me that's a dieting for me. Like, um, so in my head, I like when in my head, I'm like, Oh, 25, you know, you always get that number, right. My head, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And so you eat that much, but then you just come to realize like, that was something that you guys had helped me with was just realize, okay, you need to add more here. You need to add more here, like add another snack. And like, I was eating three meals a day and three snacks. Like I was already doing all those things. So I thought that that was always already fine, but right. Yeah. And so I love this because it's like, you were doing so many things, right? You were, it's not like you came to us and were like gaping holes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Massively gaping holes. Okay. And so remind the peoples, how long did it take you to recover? Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is? What the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful Thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off 
and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. From working, from starting working with us, because I don't have charts anymore. Yeah. Kandara is down. Oh, yeah. Kandara is down, but y'all, our app is coming out soon. So Danny's probably going to be like, don't say that. But I just want to let y'all know it's coming. (laughs) It was, um, it was between like three and four months because we started at the end of January. Mm -hmm. I just looked, my first entry in Kandara was like February 2nd. And then I got my first period on May 7th. So February, March, April. So yeah, like, oh, like three months on yeah so is that right yeah three months three months and like I just I just love your story oh my gosh really quick I'm sorry it felt like yes. way longer than three months I just gotta say okay huh <laughs> it felt way longer than three months oh yeah no that's what we would joke about all the time that's what, like HA recovery months this isn't to scare anybody but if you actually but if you're here like listening to us then like you like people who give it to you real so I'm gonna give it to you real like one month in HA recovery feels like two years. It does. They're just like, Ashley, I've been working with you for so long. I'm like, bro, it's been eight weeks. (laughs) It does feel like it goes by really slow. It does. Cause you're doing so many hard things that you're not used to every single day, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's why like, you need someone to help you through it a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Wow. I know like okay so like as we zoom out like you actually recovered quite quickly mm-hmm. and you were already doing so many awesome things before um what do you remember is the last thing that you had to let go of or something that you just had to like I don't know like come to terms with yeah towards the oh, end. it was it was exercise for sure that was my <laughs> one thing that I couldn't let go um I just had that, like I said, like even like a year ago, I would freak out if I couldn't get one workout in. Like it was still in my mind that like if I stopped working out, I would lose all of my muscle. Uh-huh. And like, first of all, that's oh, yes, 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 yes. You that like, had that yeah, I would just like, I couldn't do, I could not do nothing in which um, now, you know, this this was what January so what like 10 months ago first of all no that's not true I've not lost all my muscle um <laughs> and also <laughs> I'm not still doing all there anything everything's there because I've gone pregnant because I yeah oh sorry yeah everything's there um but no so um that was like my big thing like I um the right when I got my first period um I think I think it's because I had just transitioned into to my new job mm-hmm. which was like working from home so like my stress just went like totally down and then that first week I was training so um like my hours were different I was driving somewhere farther and I just like I didn't exercise at all because all I did was go for like a 10 minute walk on my lunch break and that was like the first time honestly that I really didn't do anything like full disclosure like during my like recovery I still like did some movement and like exercise at home mm-hmm. um and but I had so to change I like, love this yeah. I love this because exercise is the biggest variable for everybody. And I was actually 
about to make a reel on this. But exercise is the biggest variable for so many reasons that that's why, like, if anyone's giving you, like, a generic recommendation when it comes to exercise, like, I would just, like, I don't know, like, be a little suspicious. (laughs) Because, like, for me, I was able to work out during my recovery and it was fine however that doesn't mean that it's appropriate for everybody right and it doesn't mean that just because I was able to do that that everybody has the same relationship with exercise that I have you know but so for you like like I feel like yes like you had this fear so think about a fear was already driving fear was driving that like you would lose all this work that you like put mm-hmm. into gaining muscle, which it does. If you like anyone's ever like gone down that route of like bodybuilding, like I didn't do any competitions, but and so that was my like justification. If I don't do competitions, then I stay on the safe side. <laughs> Although I was training like one and like right. and like while like I never like dieted down for like a peak week or anything like that. Anyways, long story short, it takes so much effort to build muscle. Right. So, so in that I could totally resonate with you of this fear of like, you know, but what, what happens to all this hard work, not so much the hard work of losing weight, but the hard work of building muscle. And so that was like Mm -hmm. your biggest fear driving your relationship with exercise. Yeah. It was a hundred percent just that loss of like all of that ridiculous hard work that I did, you know? Um, And like, I, you know, like you were saying, like from the past, like even four or five years, like I worked on slowly gaining weight, even before we started, like Mm -hmm. just trying on my own. Um, And like in, during that, I definitely had built a lot of muscle and people were giving me compliments and stuff. And I felt, well, I mean, I didn't feel good, but you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you're like myself, right? Like, Um, yeah. And that was really hard to like, let go. Um, And also just like, you know, it's a change of like your daily habits almost like that was just like what I did. Like I woke up in the morning and I would go work out, you know, and just to change that was like hard. Like you totally just, I just had to like, kind of put a different mindset to for sure exercise, but you know, everything. Um, But once I, you know, that week that I didn't exercise and I got my period, I was like, okay, it clicked for me a little bit more. I'm like, oh, fine. You're right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, because truthfully, like you can almost like justify your way into continuing to keep exercise in if it's not serving, if it's not serving you. Right. And for you, I think it was just such a combination because think about it. It was, you weren't walking like a mad person at work anymore because you were kind of at home granted like you were driving and you know going to this other place but then like the like walk that you would normally do in the evening you know on top of like an at-home workout and none of these things are enough to scare away a cycle other than like the only thing that's like connecting it is like if I don't do this then blank will happen like right it's it's like a fear compulsion that does not create safety within your body so it's just wild that in this situation where like you finally like had to let go of exercise, your body was like, okay, I'm yeah. here. Cause I, I, cause that was like my stress for so long that, that it was just like an added stress was like stressing over 
getting in a workout, even if it was, you know, an HA recovery workout where it wasn't a lot, it was still something that I stressed over not mm-hmm. missing, you know, kind of like how I used to. And I, once I finally had like the chance where when I was doing my trainer, I didn't have the opportunity to, so I didn't think about missing it. So I didn't care about it. And I, then I subsequently I got my period and I was like, okay, so I just need to care about things a little bit less. Like, I don't know. It was, that was a big thing for me. Um, yeah. and then I remember since it, since I was, had, I got my new position um like my old job I was just so stressed all the time it was just like go 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 like nothing was on my time it was all like patient's time um I finally like that that first week at my new job I remember telling you like I'm so hungry like why am I hungry <laughs> all the time like while I'm working like I just kept bringing snacks and it wasn't even enough and then once I started I was only training in the office for a couple of weeks and then I was at home and so then I could just eat whenever I was hungry Mm-hmm. you know and like that was a big thing too because like even like when I was like when I was going to work I would just pack my lunch and it was the same things you know like this is how much you get but like what if I'm hungry then what do you do um and like I mean learning my hunger cues on top of that was a whole nother thing like I don't even know what those were right yeah <laughs> but- no I just love this for so many reasons too because then like I remember kind of like starting to start seeing signs of like um, that your body was stressed was because every, yeah. what was it? Sunday? No, every Monday, every Monday, yeah, every Monday, your temps would just tank just. Yeah. And so it took a couple of weeks to where I was like, Hey, so I noticed like your temps keep tanking on Monday. Is everything good? And like, we would review your weekend you know, and all these things. And then like, I was like, how do you feel about working? Like, it's fine. I'm fine. You know, it's fine. (laughs) And then like, finally, like after asking you, so like, again, what happened? And then, and and then I don't even know how we got to it, but I was just like, do you like your job? (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you stressed? And so, um, I don't even know if you realized that you did it. I for sure didn't No. Right. Cause it's, I mean, stuff like that's kind of hard to know whenever you're in it, you're like, no, like this is just life. This is just, I've been doing it for life. so long. Um, you know, and so it was just, yeah, that was also like my normal, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you get your cycle. You're like now cycling. Did you ever add back in exercise? How did that relationship go? Yeah. That's funny. You say that. So then Carl Vines want to know. Yeah. So um, when I got my period, I, I kind of cut out exercise just for that, like two weeks when I got my period back. And then I still kind of like did a little bit, but it's funny because what I would do is like, since I work from home, this is so funny. I would just like do some work and then I would get up and I would just like do a set of squats. And then I would just go, go back to my desk. Like it was never anything like, continuous um and I was like able to do that okay and like my cycle was still okay um but then I kind of got a little cocky and I went to I started going to the gym and I went like three times a week this was only for like a month maybe because during that month I didn't ovulate and my I didn't get my like my cycle was like really late and I was like oh crap all right (laughs) I did too much but it's so interesting how like 
it's such an easy just like way to tell like I'm doing too much like all right uh-huh. like you know yeah it's very, just, yeah it's very clear and there is no like guessing yeah there's no sugarcoating it like this is what it is you know and like um it's hard like before you have your period like it's very hard to kind of tell because your temperature is all over the place and stuff but once you start like getting a more you know regular cycle it's just so easy to tell like those little things that make a big difference so um I was like okay I need to stop this because at this point I mean this was like a few months ago at this point I was like okay I kind of want to get pregnant and and um so I started cutting back my exercise but it was still like kind of hard again for me like mentally because you know I, I felt like I was I went to the gym and I got a little taste of it and I was like oh gosh like I really miss this yeah but I recognized that it was too much and I remember coming into one of like the the like community call cycle ones and Danny I told her what was going on and she was like you just need to she's like I just recommend you cut out exercise and I was like I had a feeling that that was she was gonna say something like that but I was like yeah and she was I remember her saying she was like I cut out exercise and she's like for you know I, I was exercising a little bit and I was getting pregnant in the month that I stopped exercising I got pregnant and I was like okay so I can do that you know I can stop for like a month I can do that like I can do if I could do this get my period I've done come all this way like I can do that (laughs) and so I did and lo and behold that's what happened (laughs) oh my gosh now just to clarify do you feel like you just added in too much too fast too soon um I for sure I mean it's I'm it's I'm you know as we all are we're really good at pushing ourselves right and so when, and especially when you're back in that gym environment, you know, mm-hmm. it's like super easy just to like, yeah. So, so like one of the things that I do with clients who like want to stay on, right. I'm, I'm always like slow is fast in this season. Slow is fast. Right. Um, but you're right because I just don't think that we actually even understand that how resilient our body is, which probably seems really like counterintuitive based on the information you just shared. You're like, what do you mean resilient? Like she had to stop exercising, but think about like you're ovulating and it's so soon after being healed, it would be the equivalent of being like, yeah, my foot just came Mm -hmm. out of the cast and I'm going to jump rope three times a week right? Like no one would ever do that. Right. That is yes. And so, and so, but yet your body was like, okay, well, if you just lay off, then I'll ovulate again. It's like, so it's like, it's like this resiliency, um, to be able to come back on and off mm-hmm. in that it just takes time to build resiliency back up. Right. But then your body is like, but I'll get pregnant. Right. It's just so <laughs> wild. It's so wild. Okay. So then the month that you're like, okay, I'll cut back. Then like you got pregnant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Girl, this is so good. So, so good. So were you really only trying that one month now that you knew? Or No, we, I mean, and I was lucky that we tried for maybe like, this was like the third month. Cause right. like the first, the first month I was still like at the gym. And right, then right. Um, the second month, I I was like on a trip, like during the time that I was ovulating. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we came back and like, I think it was just like a little bit too late or I'm not sure. Um, that was a really busy month for me anyway. So maybe I was just stressed about things like that. I'm not really sure. 
Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then, then the, um, yeah, it was the third month. I'm pretty sure was when it happened. Um, and I just remember like taking the test and I, I, I wish I could say that I was more shocked because I was like, I just, I felt like I knew I'm like, this is going to happen. Like I was confident in that, you know, like I just knew like there's my, like my body has done so many things that I didn't think it was going to. Right. And so at this point I'm like, what's, you know, we can do pregnancy. If we, if I got my period back this fast and I'm cycling and I have this and this, like I should be able to get pregnant. And I just, I don't know, for some reason I just felt really confident about it, which I don't know. That's a good thing. I think I'm lucky yeah. that's what it happened, but no, definitely. I mean, I think I, you hear, it's also like, you know, with, with the, um, with like this group, you know, you people, it happens to people all the time. So it, it helps give you confidence. Like this can happen to me too. Like I just felt really sure of it. Yeah. And I think like whenever you're able to track and kind of like you said, like once you have your cycle back, you're like, no, no, no. Like this is my fertile window. This is my cervical mucus this is ovulation you know what I mean like like there's really no like mystery like it's like you know like getting pregnant isn't just pulling a ticket out of a hat yeah I felt like yeah because I had all of this information and data with tracking my temperature and all that stuff I just felt like I just knew my body so well that I just like knew I knew what was going on you know right right no definitely definitely yes all right so I just Ellie we're pumped for you we're so (laughs) I mean to go from a place of like there's no way that you can have this because you already gained weight you know I feel like that resonates so hard because Mm -hmm. like for some people like lately I've actually had a few more applications of women being like I've already gained x amount of weight like does this work for quote unquote, like bigger women? And I'm just like, HA happens at all body sizes. And could you imagine how many people would not be cycling or pregnant now if they, if there was like this, like weight cut off? Yes. It's so true. Like, I think, you know, like it's H it's, it's your, you're putting your body under stress by by exercising too much and not eating enough and stressing about all that stuff like just that in theory just saying that like that shouldn't matter about your body size right and I think like it's so I think that this affects way more people than than you know we think like I hear I hear people all the time like I wasn't I was at a wedding the other month and I heard some girls in the bathroom while I was peeing they were like you will hear this all the time now like literally like you will not be able to go anywhere and not be like yeah she has HA (laughs) she's like she was like my period is so irregular like I got it last month but I didn't this month and I don't know what's going on and in my head I'm just like oh my god and like I like like I'm just like you just like want to like say it so much but you don't want to be that person you know Um. bro (laughs) I don't know if you know but you have HA I know like you know like what is a chill way to but like even yeah yeah, but even people with like irregular cycles like not to say that you have issues with exercise and food but like there's a reason for it you know Uh like like, this is a really big sign like don't yeah I know 
You know what? I've like just thought of like, I wonder if we should just get business cards and just slip it to people and like walk away and be like, Here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like not even going to try to convince you like whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to find your period, let's chat. Um, You know what I mean? Just because it's like, yeah. you're just like, oh yeah, no, that's the early signs. You're going to need this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I think that it affects a lot more people than we think so um. yeah oh my gosh well thank you for sharing your story we're gonna have an update on uh, everything everything postpartum oh boy (laughs) oh yeah I know girl I know girl oh now that I mean Nugs is about to be three and I feel like she's just the coolest kid so I know everyone's like just wait no you're gonna have a blast it's gonna be fine you're gonna do great <laughs> well thank you for saying that as it all doesn't really seem like even real yet but um, oh my gosh no I was in total denial I was like I'm not gonna go get a like I'm not gonna go to my first appointment to like week 12 y'all I was crazy I was crazy well we went to our first I went to my first appointment and you know like they saw like baby's heartbeat and stuff and I thought for some I thought I was like that's when it's gonna get real but for some reason it just like still hasn't hit yet and it will oh but. no denial <laughs> is powerful <laughs> <laughs> okay lady well thank you for joining us um and just yeah thank you for sharing your story oh well thank you for having me all right thank you babe hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or 
You want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.